I stand amazed at God's redeeming mercy, His saving grace bestowed on even me. in bondage but Christ lives within His grace has made me free praise God I stand amazed that God should ever love me so vile was I so deeply walk with God along life's narrow way. Woo! He took away my every disappointment and He changed my darkest night I'm heaven bound, praise God. I'm just a pilgrim searching for the city. I won't imagine a harp and a crown. See, God gave me, he's the one that put me on the road. I'm on my road on the way to heaven. I praise his holy, it's all through him. It's him, he's the one that gives you that joy. I'm not discouraged, think about it if you got trouble. Don't be discouraged. You're heaven bound if you know it. Well, praise God. It's all through Him. Well, glory. We got something to shout about. Praise His wonderful name. Think about that. Don't be discouraged. You got a heavenly home. You got a heavenly Father taking you to that home. Praise God. <laughs> 
I stand amazed that I, a lonely beggar, should walk with God along life's narrow way. He took away, think about it, my every disappointment. And he changed my darkest night to golden day. I stand amazed that God should ever love me. So proud was I, so deeply stained by sin. His love overcame the power that did enslave me. Now praise the Lord, there's joy and peace within. Now praise the
like Jehovah. There's no God like Jehovah. There's no God like Oh, hallelujah. Oh, no. There's no God like Jehovah. There's no God like Jehovah.
Thank you. 
face to face And you'll sing with the angels And the countless multitudes This is the promise This is the promise I'm
God for what he's done this week. I've been in the house all week, and I don't want to talk about me because I don't want no attention on me. But the real truth is the enemies fought me all week. But right in the midst of it, good news happens. And uh, when Angel got that report, I was so excited. I couldn't hardly sit still because I know how long the enemy will push you down and hold you down. And God has done good things, and I thank him for all that he's done. And I got discouraged. I, I was having pneumonia the first part of the week, and then I kind of got over that, and now I got a hip that feels like there's an arrow stuck up in me, and I don't know what happened. I don't know if it's some kind of bursitis or what it is, but it's the enemy don't want me to be here. And all the time I'm sitting at home reading my Bible, I'm thinking, God, I want you to have your way this week. I want you to do what you're doing. God has a purpose for today. I don't know if you know it, but he has a purpose every time we come here. And you may think you accidentally showed up here, but you didn't. If you're not a child of God today, you need to be here. And if you don't know that you're a child of God, you need to make some kind of arrangement today to come to know him. And you know what? God's always knocking on the door. Sometimes we come in, I may say the same words. Sometimes the singers might sing the same song. But can I tell you, God knows where you're at. And he knows where I'm at. And he knows what we need to hear. And so let God have his way today in your heart. Listen to the voice of God. Don't listen to my voice. Listen to what God is saying. Because God is trying to speak through his church today. I heard a guy this week on the, the podcast after ours from the David Wilkerson. The Carter Collins guy was on there. He was preaching about the time is soon. The coming is soon. And he got so excited. I didn't want to be sick. I just wanted to get up and jump with him. And you know what? It was exciting to hear. Because I believe the time is here. You may say this is just one of those valleys we're going through in this life, but I'll tell you, I don't know how we could straighten our act up outside of God and a great repentance and a great revival. I don't see how that will ever happen without, as long as we've got people that still want to go the direction we're going. And America is being pushed in a direction. My wife read something to me last night about somebody in Tennessee tried to put a thing out to stop the gender thing for children, they came against him with all forces in Tennessee. It's like everybody else was against him. And I thought, where is the common sense? They just didn't want the little children to suffer. You know, we was talking this morning. When we was kids, we played cowboys and Indians and played like we as army men. and We, we uh, used our imagination. Now, if you use your imagination the wrong way they want to put you in jail and you can't think for yourself and yet they want you to think I might be a girl I might be a boy and they want to say nobody else should have a right to even coach you in that area just let the kids choose what they want to do and I'm telling you our world's in danger that didn't come from above that comes from beneath the enemy is rising up with the evil inside and you know what? If you don't take the stand, if you don't speak the truth, it's your family and my family that's influenced by it. 
And I'm not trying to condemn everybody. I'm not trying to put everybody down. I want you, if you got your Bible, to turn to the third chapter of Acts. <coughs> God said something to me this week, and this is what he talked about. And I want you to think about yourself in this. We are, Christian, listen, we are to carry the name of Jesus. How many knows that? When you go into this life, I don't care where you work. I don't care if you're in the upper echelon of, of the wise and, and got great job, pays you big money. I don't care if you're the garbage collector. Everywhere you go and you call yourself a Christian, you carry his name there. And you know what? There's an accountability. The enemy don't like it when you show up. I don't care what you think of yourself. You may think I'm not sufficient. I can't testify good. I can't pray good. I can't do a lot of things good. That is not what God's looking at. He's looking at your heart. Are you ashamed of knowing that I know Jesus and I ain't ashamed to tell anybody and I ain't nobody? But can I tell you, God wants us to not be ashamed. We are the children of the living God. Jesus Christ paid for us. And everywhere we go, we carry his name. And you know what? It represents him. When you show up, can you imagine this? If Jesus showed up in the same place you are, and he has if you're, if you're there. But if he showed up, you'd say it'd make a difference. Well, it should make a difference that you do. Because he commissioned us to stand in the gap for him. We're ambassadors for Christ. Everywhere we go, everything we do, I don't care what you do in word and deed, do it all in the name of Jesus. You carry his name. And that is important. We need to hear this today. Somebody needs to hear it. And I want you to hear what I'm saying. In Proverbs 18.10, I'll get to Acts in just a minute. In Proverbs 18.10, it says this. The name of the Lord is a strong tower, and the righteous run, runs into it and is safe. Let me hear what I said. The name of the Lord, it's a strong tower. And the righteous, those that want to do right, they run to him. And they run in him. And they hold on to him. And they want him in them. I mean, here's what I'm saying. Run to him today. Our world needs to run to something. They need to run to Jesus. He is the strong. His name is the strong tower. Now, I want to turn to Malachi. And you can turn there if you want. But I'm going to read the first two verses of Malachi, the fourth, fourth chapter. I read this the other day, and it just stuck out to me. And I want, to, I want you to hear it. In Malachi, the fourth chapter, the last book of the Old Testament, Malachi 4, look at verse 1. This is talking about a judgment day. I know it's talking about it, but there's something else going on here. Listen to these words. For behold, the day comes that shall burn as an oven. How many believes that day's coming? You know, when God's word says judgment's coming, you can write it down, it's coming. You may not know when, you may not know how, but I promise you, if he says it will burn them up, you guess what? It will burn them up. 
God's not playing mercy games later. He's playing judgment. He is the ruler. He will rule and he will judge and he will judge righteously because no one has given more time and more long-suffering to you and I than God. But it says here, Behold, the day comes that shall burn as an oven and all the proud, yea, and all that do wickedly shall be stubble. We went out west a few years ago, me and Shirley did, and we were looking at Yellowstone, been there a few times, but this time when we went out there, it looked like they'd had a drought. It was so dry everywhere. The grass wasn't green. All the trees were falling over. You look through the forest and all the trees were falling over and a lot of places looked like it, somebody was stacking up wood for a good fire. And what it was, the naturalists had gone out there and said, we want it to go natural. Let it burn. If it burns, let it burn. It'll come back better in 100 years or whatever it is. But they stepped in and decided they, they don't want nobody picking up a, a stick. You don't know what a dead stick is, so you ain't allowed to pick nothing up. And that's the way they treated it. And I tell you, they were setting themselves up for a big fire is what they were doing. But anyway, it says, they will be stubble. And in the day that cometh shall burn them up, saith the Lord of hosts. Wasn't Malachi given this word? This is God's word. God says that day's coming. But then he says this. Thus saith the Lord, that it shall leave them neither root nor branch. And I began to read that and something stuck out to me. Why? Because can I tell you what's going on in the Christian's life sometimes? And I know what's going on in the world's life. The world has got such a, a problem with the old-fashioned salvation. Let's not talk about the old gospel. Let's talk about something new that entertains us, something that keeps me happy, something that makes me want to get up and go have a good time at church. Now listen to what I'm telling you. When it says neither root nor branch, we got a nation full of people cutting off the foundation of the gospel. And we got a nation, as long as you cut off that foundation and you're standing alone, guess, guess what? You got no fruit coming on your branch. Listen to what I'm telling you. There's no foundation and there's no fruit. And you'll stand alone. If you don't stay in the source of God, if you don't stay with the presence of God, if you don't stay with the true words of God, guess what's going to happen? You're going to cut yourself off from the very gospel that Jesus came and paid for. You can call it another gospel all you want to. You can decorate it up and make it fit what you like and draw a big crowd because many churches are doing it. But can I tell you something? If there's no root in you, then the root's going to dry up and there's going to be no fruit in you. And you're going to dry on the vine. And you're going to die on the vine. Now, that's pretty hard, but it's true. It's not only happening in America and in our whole world, but it's happening in the churches. They don't want the Spirit of God in the church. They don't have no control of the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God's liable to convict them, so they don't want to talk about it. They don't want to go there. But verse 2 says, But unto you that fear my name. Listen to who's talking. But unto you that fears my name. 
That's got to be me and you. Listen, we got to fear the Lord. You better fear what's getting ready to happen in this life. You better fear enough to draw close to God. You better fear enough to say, Lord, I want to get right beside you. I want to run into that strong tower and hold on to you with all I got right now. But it says, but unto you that fear my name shall the son of righteousness arise with healing in his wings. Now I begin to read that and I got to thinking because it says S-U-N. It doesn't say S-O-N. But see, I look at it. You ever been in those gloomy, doomy days and all of a sudden the sun just pops out and man, it is so radiant. It comes out, shines everything up. It don't look like a drab and, and doomy, gloomy day. All of a sudden, the sun, or, sun will rise up and it just lights up everything, brings everything back to life. That's what Jesus did in me and you. And that's what he's trying to do in us. And that's where I think this, this is supposed to be talking about when Jesus comes back and, and comes back and there will there'll be healing in his wings. But he's already came with healing in his wings. How many knows Jesus came and people were healed all around? And we still got evidence that Jesus is still healing. So why in the world do we sit and wait for the time to come when we know the son of righteousness has risen up inside of us? And it says, the, the last part of this, it says with healing in his wings, and you shall go forth and grow up as calves of the stall. And I thought, boy, that's an odd one to explain. Calves of the stall. But he says you'll grow up and you'll grow up as calves of the stall. What's he talking about? He's talking about being excited about what God's doing inside of you. See, I think not only the son of righteousness arises up inside of you, but when, he start, when you start to go forth in him, he begins to show you things. How many knows what I'm talking about? And when he begins to show you things, you get excited about what God has showed me. And I don't know why, but I've learned things I ain't never seen before. Why? Because I know who's alive and well. And if I hold on to him, he keeps opening my eyes and opening my heart. And I, you know, one minute I'm down in the dump, the enemy's trying to push me down. And the next minute I say, you ain't going to stop me. I got to get up. I'm afraid I'll miss something. I don't want to miss one thing God's got. I want to go out in his name. I want to go out and talk to people in his name. I don't want to tell them about Tim Pruitt. I want to tell them what Jesus did. Because he's the life they need. We should be excited about this. We should be excited that he has come and the son of righteousness has risen inside of us and before us. And he's lit up our path. I don't know if you remember when you was, was not saved. Do you remember the days when you was lost and you didn't know where you was going and you had no light to live by, you had no hope? But all of a sudden, Jesus, the son of righteousness, has come and risen inside of you and now you have hope every day. There can be nothing going on at church and I'm tickled to death to be here. Ain't you happy? I love, I love Bible studies. I love prayer times. Andy and Sue Ann called last night. The last minute, I'm sitting on the couch moaning. And, and they called and said, you know, we just went over by the church. We thought maybe you needed prayer. 
And I said, well, I don't know who told you that, but come on over. And they come over and laid hands on me and prayed for me. And I want to tell you something. The enemy's fought me since you guys came over last night. He still tell me, you're hurting. You can't get up and do that. You better get you a chair and sit out in front of people. I've seen Charles Stanley do that. And I'm, I'm sad that he's gone. Can I tell you, I praise God for God's people. I don't care who they are. If they paid the price and they've represented his name, I thank God for them. I don't know that they'll ever be replaced. They probably won't. But there'll be somebody that'll hear God's call. I want you to turn to Acts 3. Familiar story, but I want to read it. It says in verse chapter 3, verse 1, you got to understand, this is Peter and John. Peter and John just went through the day of Pentecost. Jesus has arose and left the gospel to the apostles. Now, what does Peter and John do? They went through the day of Pentecost and the people was completely confused. They didn't know what was going on, but God had showed up. The Spirit of God had just flowed all over Peter and he jumps up and he preaches to them and thousands get saved. The next day, guess what they do? Peter and John says, I ain't done. Let's get up and go to the temple. Did they go to the temple to pray? I don't know if they went to the temple to pray or not because see, I think the temple's right here. I don't think they had to go to the temple to pray. They didn't have to go to the old religion to pray. I mean, here's what I'm saying. They don't have to go to the old Jewish religion that they came out of to find God or talk to God that day. They can fall on their knees anywhere. But I like it they were going to the temple. And it says, verse 1, Now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer being the ninth hour. The ninth hour is 3 o'clock. Basically, because what they went by was the daytime. The daytime would start about 6 in the morning. So the, if you count nine hours from 6 in the morning, you're looking at 3 o'clock. And they had three different prayers a day in the Jewish religion. One of them was at, at uh, the third hour, which was 9 o'clock. And the second one was at 3 o'clock. And the other one was the evening prayer, right before it got dark or right at dark. They had an evening prayer. But it says in verse 2 of Acts 3, And a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple. That's a good place to go. If you're sick and don't have no problem, they went and they, you know what? This lame man has never walked his mother and father's in this picture down the road. And I want you to understand something, but somebody, maybe it was a brother or friends, they carried him daily and put him right in front of the church people, right in front of the temple people, going into the temple to pray. I'm sure they were looking for sympathy for that son to get money so he could have, uh, be able to feed himself. You know, they, took, they, they did what they could. Makes good sense. You know what? A lot of times you got people standing on the streets. They stand in front of, they'll stand. We had them stand right here in front of our church. We've had them come to the church. We, I've seen them in front of the hospitals. I've seen them all over the place. You have too. They're looking for somebody to hand out to them. And whether it's justified or not, that's between them and God. Whether you're, you're the one that's supposed to give them something or not, that's between you and God. But I know this, they put him in front of that temple. 
who seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, they ask alms of him. And Peter, fastening his eyes, listen to me, Peter's not the same Peter that you talked about before. You got to understand a change has gone on in Peter. Number one, the Holy Spirit's landed on him. Number one, he knows the presence of the Savior. His name is inside of him. Did you know God's goal is to put you inside of God and God inside of you? Do you know that's, our, that's God's goal? He's done that work through his son and through the Holy Spirit. But it says here, he saw them, and Peter fastening his eyes upon him with John and said to him, look on us. And he gave heed to them, expecting to receive something of them. And Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have are given to thee in the name, listen to me, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Now where did Peter get the nerve to say, in the name, I'm going to pick you up and you're going to, he fastened his eyes on them, on that man and said, look at us. Look at me and, me and John. Peter's telling this lame man, look upon us in the name of Jesus. I don't have nothing to give you money-wise, but he didn't say that. He just knew that the man was expected to receive something. When he said, look at me, he said, here, I in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. And he took him by the hand. Did you know faith has action? If you believe that, that's why he reached out and grabbed him by the hand and said, come on, get up. We got to have faith to believe what God tells us to say. When God tells you to say it, it's going to happen. Hear what I'm telling you. <coughs> he said, in the name of Jesus, rise and walk. And he took him by the right hand, lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankles received strength. And he leaped up and walked and entered into the temple and walking and leaping and praising God. He reminds me of that calf I read about. Just let me out of the stall. I'm so happy I want to jump and run. To me, that's the way I see that. I see that lame man that's been laying there all that time, getting a few alms here and there, a sympathy game. And the truth is, God sent Peter and John his way to say in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. You ain't never going to be the same. Praise God. I don't think that lame man came back the next day. He'd done it all his life. Nobody had to carry him back and set him in front of the temple. Grant, if he came back, it was probably to jump around again and get somebody really irritated. You know? I'm not coming here to sit down and beg. I'm going to tell you what Jesus did for me. Praise God. And he leaped up, walked, see, walking. It says, verse 9, and all the people saw him walking and praising God. And they knew that it was he which sat at alms, the beautiful gate. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at that which had happened to him. People were stunned. People were stunned. But can I tell you, this is just the happening. This ain't the story yet. The story begins right here. Because just as soon as God does something good in your life and you begin to speak up, somebody's going to press you down. Somebody's going to come against you. But did you know that we're called to be the people that we are? Did you know that the Revelation 1-6, uh, 
says that he made us kings and priests. Did you know that? We're made kings and priests of his. We are made kings and priests of the Father. How I many here's what I'm saying? Through the Son, we are made kings and priests. What am I saying? I'm saying it's right for you to intercede for people. It was right for Peter and John to take up the priesthood of what they were supposed to be, which is go out and represent the Savior. They were supposed to go in his name. We are priests. Do you know that no matter what you think of yourself, when God saves you, he calls you one of his own. He makes us kings and priests to go out and stand in the gap and reach out to people and bring people back from the depths of hell, from the darkness and the sin and the destruction that's on their life. 1 Peter 2.5 says, You also as lively stones are built up a spiritual house. That's what Peter said later on. A holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. We are supposed to go out and offer up, offer up the things that he's telling, things that are spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God. We're to sacrifice ourselves and to represent being a priest. We are to be those people. That's why people are waiting for you to tell them about Jesus. People's waiting for you. When God sends you somewhere, he sent one of his own into the midst. He sent him into the midst, and he wants you to make a difference. You're supposed to make a difference in your home, in your family. You have to, you have to understand, first, I got to know I'm in the name. First, I got to know he's in me, and I'm in him. And then you can walk it, you can talk it, you can speak it as he, and you, you hit down and pray. And when you read this word, he'll begin to flood you with things that he wants you to speak. And when you speak those things, guess what? They will come to pass and he will fill you up. You'll be flooded with his words and his truth. And the world will see a difference in the church because that's what they need to see. They don't need to see they don't need to see a big show put on. They need to see the presence of God in lives. Our young people, for them to have a tomorrow, for them to be our fruit, guess what? They need to see the Spirit of God moving through us. They need to know we're holding our, holding our, our grounds. I'm a child of God. Everything ain't perfect in my life. I don't do everything that's right. But my children need to know that God is the answer. It's never going to change. Back at, verse, back at chapter 3, verse 11. And as the lame man was healed, that was healed, held Peter and John, all the people ran together to the porch called Solomon's, greatly wondering. And when Peter saw it, he answered to the people, You men of Israel, why marvel at this? Why look you so earnestly on us? As though by our own power or holiness that we have made this man to walk. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, God of our fathers, had glorified 
His son Jesus, whom you delivered up and denied him in the presence of Pilate when you did, when you was determined to when he was determined to let him go, but you denied the Holy One and the just and desired a murder, talking about Barabbas, to be granted to you, and killed the Prince of Life, whom God raised from the dead, and we are witnesses. Peter and John said a mouthful there, but can I tell you something? They would want to slander him today if he made that statement. Christian, you get on there and begin to tell how people's sin is what drove Jesus to the cross, and that's exactly what they did not want to hear. But Peter did not back an eye. He didn't back up, be nice. He didn't tolerate nobody else's ideal. He said truthfully what happened. The Jewish people that were looking upon what happened to this lame man, looking through Peter and John, was trying to say, wow, these men must really be of God. Oh, let's give them look. Let's give them an extra look. Let me tell you something. When the glory goes to anywhere but Jesus Christ, it's wrong. We're only representing him. In his name we speak these things, but all the praise goes to the one that paid our price. And it's his power, and it's his word. It's his healing. <clears throat> In his name, listen to this next verse, verse 16. And his name, through faith in his name, hath made this man strong, whom you see and know and yea, the faith which is by him hath given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. Faith is an action word. That means you got to put, put legs on your faith. You got to not only think it, but you got to know God's thinking it with you. And if God's told you to go and do it, go do it. And you know what? You may say, oh, well, I don't know if it's going to work out, but I'm going to try. No, you just make up your mind. I am representing Christ the best that I know how. In all my weaknesses, all of my emptiness, all of my lacking, I still have to represent him. I go, if I do, do a funeral for somebody, I go do a funeral. You know what? I realize I ain't talking to the person in that grave. I'm talking to the person that's sitting there that does not know Jesus. And if I don't speak and represent Christ and represent this gospel right to somebody left behind, and I told my dad a long time, I prayed that somebody would tell my children the truth when I die. I don't want nobody soft soap nothing. Tell it the truth. And I said this before, when my dad told my youngest brother Sam back there, my dad, when he was dying, he said, when, they, when I die, he said, you prop me up real high right here. I want everybody to see where you're going to be just in the future because I want you to feel bad about it, and I want you to get your heart right with God. Know that your day is coming too. Know those days are coming. Enemy will hold that on you. He'll hold that and press that on you all your life. The fear of death will be on you. Listen, all you got to do is get a hold of Jesus. He'll take away all that. I sometimes, I ain't volunteering to die, but I know this. I believe Jesus will be there with me. He said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. And he will never leave me. And I said this before. I walked, walked down the hallways with my wife going to get operated on. There come a place where they wouldn't let me go no farther. And I had to watch her be rolled away. Not knowing if I'd see her again. But I knew one was with her. 
I knew my Savior was with her. I knew he wouldn't leave her. And whatever we got to go through, it's okay. Because he's with us. He's in us. We're his. On over in chapter 4, in verse 7, they brought, up, they brought Peter and John and this lame man before the elders of Israel and the rulers. And he said to them in verse 7, says, And when they had set them in the midst of them, they asked, By what power and by what name have you done this? And they, then Peter, filled with the Holy Ghost, said unto them, You rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if we this day be examined for the good deed done to the impotent man, by what man, means he is made whole, be it known to you all and to the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him does this man stand before you whole. There's only one name that could raise that man. There's only one name that could lift up that man and make him whole. His name was Jesus. And Peter said, get your eyes off of us. It ain't us. But we've been sent as ambassadors for him. And you know what? They walked that same walk that they're talking about right here. They walked it until they crucified them. They walked them until they, you're talking about a cross bearing. You're talking about bearing your cross. That's what I want to talk about tonight if I make it here. Because I want you to understand something. We not only carry the name, but we have to bear the name. And there's a difference. Sometimes we speak his name in a lot of things. We put his name to a lot of things. But you got to bear his name. People don't want to hear about Jesus. And when they find out you are that person, they'll come at you. The devil's trying every way in the world to stop the church. The only way he can stop the true church is to attack the Jesus, the people that love Jesus. That's who he's after. All the way down to the end of 20, uh, chapter 4, verse 29. And the Lord behold, beheld, no, Peter and, Peter and them were praying for more boldness. And it says, Now, Lord, behold their threatenings, and grant unto thy servants with all boldness they may speak thy words, by stretching forth the hand to heal and signs and wonders to be done by the name of the holy child Jesus. We are called. These signs shall follow them that believe in my name. Listen to what I'm saying. In my name. In Jesus' name. He said these signs will follow. That's what he told them when he called them. He said they shall cast out devils, speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. If they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. And they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. How many knows that was our calling? Our calling is to go out in his name. You're not going out in your own ministry. You're not going out to represent yourself. You're not even going out to represent this church. You're going out to represent Christ. He's the one that paid the price. In the seventh chapter of Matthew, you can come back up, Becky. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have not we prophesied in thy name and in thy name cast out devils and in thy name done many wonderful works? 
Then will I profess unto them, listen, Jesus is going to profess to those that's using his name that doesn't know him. Listen to me. He said, I will profess to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you that work iniquity. What does that mean? You're not going to walk in sin in this world and represent Christ. He's not going to know you. We keep walking around in a world, and the world tells us, even the Christian world, says it's all right to carry your sin. It's all right to just have a little sin. Everybody's got them. No, we're to get out of sin. That's what Jesus died for, to get us out of sin. And then when we walk into this life, we don't walk as we're perfect. We walk that he's walking through us, and that's the only way we walk pure and holy. <coughs> is in him. Listen to verse, listen to 2 Timothy 2.19, one verse. Nevertheless, the foundation of God stands sure, having this seal. Listen to this. This you ought to think about. The Lord knows them that are his. How many heard what I said? Lord knows them that are his. Are you his? Do you know you love, do you know that you've came to Jesus with your heart and life? Do you know you've surrendered yourself to him? Because see, I know he knows. He knows my whole life. I can stand before you and argue a good argument of maybe something in the Bible, but can I tell you Jesus knows who I am. My heavenly Father knows what I really understand and what I don't understand. He knows how much knowledge I really got in my little brain. He loves me. This I know. The Bible tells me so. He loves me. That's all I know. He keeps forgiving me. He keeps lifting me up. He keeps shining that sun of righteousness out and brings healing to my life. He knows them that are his. And let everyone that names the name of Christ depart from iniquity. If you're naming the name of Christ, get out of your sin. Don't play game with God. God already knows. Is that hard? I'm not trying to be hard. I'm just trying to tell you, Jesus paid too great a price for us to play with sin. Colossians 2, 3.17 says, Do all in the name of the Lord Jesus. Whatsoever you do in word and deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. Everything we, ought, we, ought, we should be doing should be done in his name. If you are his and you are surrendered to him, then be careful what you're doing in your life that doesn't allow him in that you don't have time to allow God's witness in your heart where you're at. Some places, it's pretty natural. We can come here and we can all talk to church talk. We can all sing the songs. We can all get excited about somebody else shouting. But God knows your heart. He knows where we're at. And he's calling us.
to a walk with him, to a surrender. You carry his name everywhere you go. Your friends, your family that don't go to church, do you know they know you go to church? Do you know? I don't, you don't even have to call them and tell them. They'll find out. And then when they know, they expect something from you. They expect you to walk what you're saying. They expect to see that out of you. You don't have to worry about how good your words are. Just remember, they're watching you. They know exactly where you're at. You represent him. Praise God. Everybody stand, if you will. <clears throat> if you have not Christ inside of you, joining this church, Sitting here every week would not help you. You need to know him as your Savior. You need to accept him. There ain't nobody here that's ever come this way without coming the same way you need to come. We all have to come to Jesus and say, Lord, I need you in me. I want the witness of knowing that I have surrendered my life to you, Lord. I want to know that you're pleased with me. I want that sun to come up in my heart and open up my eyes. Send me forth. Send me forth, Lord, with joy in my life. Make me hungry to know more of you. The more you know him, the more you'll love him. The more you love him, the more he shows you. He wants that relationship. That's what he's after. He's after that we would carry his name. The apostles carried his name. You know it and I know it. You can read out of every one of them and every one of them. John lived the longest and he was, wrote the book of Revelation. But he was done all kinds of ways. Boiled in oil and put on the Isle of Patmos. He was, he'd suffered a lot of things. Many of them suffered a lot of things. But you know what it tells me? something was inside of them that said I ain't going to sit down on Jesus I'm a witness that he's done a work in me I'm a witness to what he was they saw him Peter and John said we are witnesses of what Jesus did as he stood in the gap that's our call in life I don't know who you'll meet you don't know who I meet but I'm accountable I'm accountable to family. I'm accountable to distant family. If I am sent somewhere and God tells me to do something, I'm accountable to do it right, to do it by his word. Represent Jesus everywhere I go. You say that's too hard. No, it's not hard. Just remember who you are. Remember what he paid for you. You can represent him and it'll get easier and easier the more you do it. Because before you know it, they're attacking you for no reason at all. They attack Jesus for no reason. They look for any excuse to hate him. 
And they did the same thing with the apostles till they killed them. And they'll do the same with us. This world's not going to receive you like you are. Not if you represent Christ. Because my Bible that Jesus knew from cover to cover, it represents and tells all about who he is. And as he walked this, we are to walk it and represent him. The world needs to see Jesus, and it's going to see it in us when we walk it. Is he in you? Are you in him? He wants to be in you. While he's calling, you need to hear him. Nobody's trying to put you in the limelight, but I ain't ashamed to say I was lost and I needed a Savior. I thought I was okay by myself until God began to convict my soul, and I knew I was lost. Do you know you're lost, or do you know Jesus inside? It's a simple question. It's a simple answer. You know it, and he knows it. He knows them that are his. You come and make that right today. God will do a work in you. You never open, you never seen the doors open that God would open up in your life. It's not that He's gonna make you some rich person. You're rich knowing Him. That's where you'll find it. While they sing, you come. When I had climbed every mountain there was to climb. I had crossed every river there was to cross. Life held no more beauty, there was nothing else to see. Oh, but Jesus was waiting for me. Jesus, 
me I know about being here today. But I don't think it's really what I'm preaching. I think it's them words right there. He's waiting on you. You came here today, and you know in your heart you're not living right. You know in your heart you don't know Christ. Can I tell you something? He's not grading on the curb. He's not grading because you sit here. He's not grading on our, whether you give money to this church. No, he's looking for your heart. He loves you personally. And you know if you're living right. And you know if you're walking with God. He's waiting on you. Don't you understand? That's the call of God when he says, I'm waiting for you. I know it. I know he was waiting on me the night I got saved. He was waiting on me to quit fighting it and to say I needed to be saved. And you know what? It takes a step. It takes one big step. Just take that step and watch what God will do.